We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on the Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Crady, Martin Palomo with me today from Pinnacle, back from uh, his exploits and travels and all sorts of sabbatical. His sabbatical from this here show. Um, it's uh, Thursday, September 22nd. Thanks for making us a part of your week. We're always glad to be uh, with you. And I hope you have a great weekend. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of things. Interest rates are going up. I just looked at uh, stock market stuff, and I saw a color that i got to talk to Martin about in a minute. Uh, first, I'm going to tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. That's in hey, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, the rest completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Again, the number 662-257-1900. And speaking of numbers, Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people how they can get in touch with you guys at Pinnacle. Indeed. Um, man, quick way to uh, to get us is uh, you can call the office, 601-957-0323. Uh, email us info at my p i n n wealth dot com, or if you see me out in public, um, I know that uh, my voice is beautiful and recognizable, but you might not recognize my face. So uh, I'm I'm happy to have face to face conversations with uh, with folks too. You know, I've had people tell me that they want us to uh, to live stream the show so that people can interact um, in the in the feed and ask you questions and such. So, dude, if- that would be uh, that would be cool. I would do that. So it might I'm be something, yeah, it might be something we do. Uh, if that's the case, they'll get to see your face. And, yeah, then they'll see I really have a face for radio. Well, I think what, what's going to happen is the groupies will start to impact everything that's going on at Pinnacle. You'll have to add, you'll have to add more security there just to protect you <laughs> from all of, all of the uh, yes. all of the listeners at W at MPW Digital. It's it 
I mean, I don't know if you can hear it right now. I have to have two security dogs at all times just to keep the groupies out of the studio. Uh, I get it. You know, I'm gonna have to tell Jennifer she's got to be on, uh, you know, be on lookout now that there she's got competition. Just tell her, hey, this is just the this is the way it's gonna be from now on, Jen. Yeah, I mean, well, the two sexiest men in radio are now gonna be on video. Hey, listen, if 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 Giselle is out there, I mean, she's unhappy with Tom. Who knows? Yeah. She. Does she get half of Tom's stuff? I mean, she has her own stuff too, right? She doesn't need Tom's stuff. That's right. All right. I mean, I can be, I can be somebody's sugar baby or whatever. Yeah, you could. It, you really wouldn't. Yeah, but we'll stop. This is getting weird. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So look, it's Thursday. The way I sort of set up my week, Martin, is uh, Friday's a day off. It's the one day a week that I'm kind of off. I'm not ever completely off, but I'm pretty much off on Friday. Yeah, I guess Saturday's a work day for you. Saturday's a work day. Sunday's a Sunday's a work day. Sunday's a vicious work day. But Friday's yeah. not because the hay is in the barn, so to speak. Nice. Well, happy so, Friday to you today. Well, so here's what I'm getting at. So Thursdays are really busy, but I'm in a I'm. I'm in a really good mood on Thursdays. I, I, I'm in a pretty good mood in general, but I'm in a really good mood on Thursdays. It's, it's, it's a good day. It's a busy day. The day goes fast, all that stuff. But I look at uh, the stock market today, looking on the Wall Street Journal as we speak. Dow Jones Industrial Average is red. Everything's red. They're down 108.91 at this very second. The S&P 500 down 29.91. NASDAQ down 152.67, Russell 2000 down 38.76, the Dow Jones total market down 32, I'm sorry, 372.15. Yep. Everything's down from 0.36 all the way to 2.2. I mean, I'm just yep. watching blood. Martin, tell me that I don't need to let this ruin my day. Uh, do you need it tomorrow? No. I don't. All right, cool. Well, then it, it's not going to run your day then. That's the, as long as you've got a little bit of time to recover. And look, man, we're, things are weird. I mean, this has been a weird year already, but we're in a situation. So yesterday, you know, the Fed, and we knew, we talked about this on the show in other weeks. Um, and the I, I even told you, I was like, the Fed is, they're, they're doing another rate hike in September. We, Man, we said this back in March that we were going to get a September rate hike. And um, and they went up by another 75 basis points, which is three quarters of a percent on the short end. Uh, and the market just took a dump. And I'm like, man, it, that's the thing that is really confusing to me because the market is trying to read, you know, what exactly is, what does it mean for the future? Because, you know, stocks are forward looking. You know, what does it mean for the future um, if we get a rate hike? But we've known that this was coming. We even knew the amount of the hike that they were going to do. And, uh, you know, and then markets got bloody yesterday, you know, it was kind of a flat day. And then until Jay Powell started talking and then, you know, markets, I took, I screenshotted my phone because I was in a lunch meeting when, when Powell started talking uh, and I sent it to read because it was funny. It just talks about the schizophrenia of the market. So um, markets went down, you know, the Dow was down a hundred points once Powell started talking. So it was flat for the day, down 100 points when Powell started talking. 40 minutes later, it's up 280. So a 380-point swing 
and then it ends the down the day like down 500 uh it's just schizophrenic man and what i think it is 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 people are trying to time um you know and trade this market and that's just a losing strategy uh and 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 people who are traders like you you remember in 2020 when we were talking about all the people who were you know doing the robin hood stuff and i had all my you know a lot of my buddies were bragging about oh man i made you know so much money on amc or gamestop or blah 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 and it was just easy to make money i was like yeah 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 it's you know right now it's high tide and it's it's easy for the boat to you know get through the harbor and navigate stuff when the water's up just wait till the tide's low and you've got shoals and other things you got to worry about and you don't know where they are you're going to get blown up or your boat's going to get you know you're going to ground it uh in something and then you know shit it, it didn't take two years for for that to happen uh, but you know people who are disciplined who say okay i've got a strategy i'm sticking to it i'm going to put to use a word you just said earlier on the show i'm going to put hay in the barn when it's good and i'm going to try to hedge out as much risk as i can when it's uncertain um and and I'm not going to try to trade this thing. Those are winning strategies. Like our clients this year are, even though it's a down year, are significantly outperforming our benchmarks because we we put hay in the barn, um, you know, when we knew things were really, really frothy and it was probably time to take a little bit of profits. And and we, we took those profits and then we put a lot of hedges in the portfolio and the hedges have paid off um, this year. So we're ahead of benchmark pretty significantly. And now none of my clients love it when, like, I mean, I, I was on a call right before we started and my client was like, man, he's like, you done a great job this year. Cause we're, we're beating the market. And he's like, but I'm, I'm really nervous about, and his, his time frame is a lot shorter. Uh, and he's like, I'm just really nervous about the next two years. And, uh, and essentially his income ends in the next two years. So we're going to make a couple changes you know, in his uh, portfolio, but we hedged out the risk for this year. And, but those are strategies where it's not emotionally based. It is event-based and that that's, that's when you win, man, no matter what markets are doing today. So here's a quote from Powell yesterday. Tell me whether you agree with what he's saying. I generally agree with Powell, but quote, I'm hear what you say. Quote, we have got to get inflation behind us. I wish there was, there were a painless way to do that. There isn't period. Yes. I agree with him. Do, but do you know what caused us this pain? Uh, I have some ideas, but I'd rather you express it. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a rhetorical question, but the pain was all caused with all of the money supply that was pumped into, you know, into people's bank accounts and into corporate bank accounts, um, you know, during the pandemic and, and dude, I'm not trying to beat a, a dead horse. No, the horse I'm not trying deserves, to raise a dead no, horse, horse and beat deserves, it to death again. The horse deserves to be beaten yet again. Uh, and I mean, and dude, and I may catch a lot of shit for this, but it started with Trump. It did. Um, absolutely. And then, but it then it was, did. it was amplified by, by Biden, you know, and then all of this, yep. Yep. the new money he's trying to put, you know, into the markets are just exacerbating. So it's like, uh, Powell is over here trying to do surgery and close up this wound. And it's like, he'll take a, he'll, he'll turn around to grab another instrument to do some work. And Biden just takes a scalpel and reopens the, 
the wound and lets it bleed. And he's got to start all over again with, you know, with, with trying to, to heal it up. That's kind of right. where we are right now. So here's the rest of this, this, cause, cause I, I think it's always important uh, to, to be forward thinking, even though, yep. I, even though I don't believe that enough blame has been distributed yet for, uh, for the whole COVID thing. I don't, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that we must absolutely at some point have a reckoning on the decisions that were made, the damage that was done, why it was done, so that it's never done again. That's just my opinion. Regardless. Dude, this is relevant, but but kind of off topic. Okay. I mean, it's on topic, but um, re- have you watched the – you have Apple TV Plus, right? I do. Have you watched the Five Days at Memorial I have show been. about the – oh, my gosh, man. It's the it's the hosp- Memorial Hospital in downtown New Orleans. Um during Katrina and the five days after Katrina and dude, this it's what we, it it feels like what we're going through right now with, you know, no one knows what they're doing. No one took leadership. Uh, no one stepped in to offer solutions. It was just kind of every man for himself. And then all this money got pumped into, you know, into the system because we didn't know what to do because we did not have an emergency plan in place prior to, you know, this catastrophic event. And uh, it's, it's very, parallelisms are very similar. Um, just you're talking about a hurricane versus a pandemic. Yeah. The difference is that there's nothing we could have done to prevent the hurricane. Now, New Orleans should, you're have, correct. New you're Orleans correct. should have been much more prepared, but this, this pandemic reaction, this response was unnecessary. This didn't have to happen. This didn't have to happen. Yeah. It just, it didn't, I, I really I, think if we wouldn't I, have shut the economy down, yeah, there's no question. We wouldn't have had to restart it. We wouldn't be here today. Correct. And yes, yeah, so we might have had a little bit of pain yep. on the front end, but it would be much more tolerable, tolerable than the pain now. There's no question. All right. So speaking of pain now, again, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Officials projected that rate rises will continue into 2023, with most expecting the Fed funds rate to rest around 4.6% by the end of next year. That was up from 3.8% in their projections this past June. Analysts said that they hadn't expected the Fed to show quite so high an endpoint for the rate, given how persistently elevated inflation has been, quote, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go even higher than what they've written down, say, to 5%, said Ellen Mead, an economist at Duke University, who was a former senior advisor at the Fed. Um, So I guess here's the question. Um, Here's another quote. There's a message here that rates will stay higher for longer, and this message is really sticking with market participants, said Lorena Urici, U.S. economist at T. Rowe Price. So this isn't the last uh, Fed rate. You've been all over this, Martin. You've been telling people, if you've listened to Mind on My Money for the last year, you've, yesterday, I, when this happened yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, Martin's been saying this would happen for a long time. Um, they're going to keep going up, right? So the question I have is, why is that? Explain yeah. that in in if you can, in first grade terms for idiots like me to understand why this is happening. Yeah. And, and man, I don't know that I fully agree with, with everything that, that, that was, that was said. I think we get, I think we get one, I think we get another hike this year, probably in December. Um, it may be 
75 basis points again or three quarters percent. Um, I think it could be a half a, ba- a half a percent or 50 basis points. So that would get the Fed funds rate to um, pretty close to four, four and a half, four point seven five percent with that hike. So the, and, and I, I, let me pause there. And, and I think that I think that we will have a pause next year or if we get any additional hikes, it may be later in 23, because what happens whenever the Federal Reserve raises interest rates is that the cost of borrowing money goes up, um, you know, with each rate hike. And they've been doing some pretty big jumps. So like someone who beginning of the year had a home equity line of credit, let's say they're because all home equity lines of credits are variable, you know, variable rates. You don't lock in a rate on a home equity line of credit. So let's say that you had a, you know, the beginning of the year, you were at a 2% or a 2.5%, you know, interest on your home equity line of credit. So let's just say that you had borrowed, you know, you've tapped your home equity line of credit um, and you've got, let's just say $100,000, just so that I don't get embarrassed doing public math on the radio. Well, if so, it was 100,000 bucks and you were paying 2.5%, most home equity line of credits, the only payment you're required to make is the interest payment. They don't require you to pay the principal. It's prudent to pay the principal, but mm-hmm. it's not required. So your your interest costs for the year, if you had a hundred thousand dollar home equity line of credit, was twenty five hundred bucks at two and a half percent. Well, I have a home equity line of credit, and I get a letter every time rates increase. I get a letter from my bank that says, "Hey." We are raising the variable rate on your home equity line of credit. And, you know, now like mine is like at six, six percent. So on a hundred, if you had a hundred thousand dollar line of credit uh, and you were paying 2,500 in interest payments, now you're paying 6,000 a year in interest payments. Your payments have doubled. So if you have a credit card or you have, you know, anything that's not a home or a vehicle that is, you know, has a variable rate your cost of utilizing that money is going up pretty significantly. Yeah. So if folks, if inflation is persisting, you know, which it is, and the cost of things are going up, but your income is not rising, people are more dis- or are predisposed to, you know, tap that line of credit or carry a little bit larger balance on the credit card. Or you have to make the decision of, I'm just not going to spend because it's become too expensive. So the idea is that as they raise interest rates, it deters you or, uh, you know, tries to force you into the decision of, I'm not going to purchase that thing. So that's just at the individual level. Now, if we talk about businesses, you know, multiply that investment by you know, thousands or ten thousands of a percent, right? So yes. So this is what I wanted to ask you about, to, not not to interrupt you, but to sort, no, you're good. To sort of guide you a little bit here. I'm curious because I know what a lot of people are thinking. People like me who have you know college age kids who will be getting out soon, getting into the hopefully into the job market. All of this volatility, right? This uncertainty about what's going to happen. What does it mean? Because the economy hasn't even really shown the full effects of these Fed rate increases to to date. I mean, not, no. I mean, Cause it's a lag, the interest rates going up are a leading indicator. They lead what's going to lag after. And it takes months, even sometimes up to a year for the 
impact of what happens to actually show up, you know, in GDP numbers, in so that's going to make inflation it, numbers. That makes it hard for businesses and companies to make plans, right? It, it makes it well. It makes if you're planning for next year, like let's just say that let's just say we're a manufacturing firm. Okay. Right. So sure. we're we're in Mississippi. We have manufacturing firms here. We're kind of an ag state too, but we've got manufacturing firms. If uh, you know that the goal of the Fed is to slow demand down by raising the interest rates, the cost to buy things, and you're doing your planning and you were thinking about, hey, maybe I should, you know, build this addition to the factory to be able to produce more stuff and be able to hire additional people. You may say, well, we may not do that addition or hire those additional people because if it's going to be slowing down, then we don't need to have that excess expense you know, on our balance sheets. Therefore, they will slow down the building things, you know, expansion. It's called capital expenditures. Um, they will slow that down. They'll slow down the hiring process. And it's kind of all this like domino effect of things that happen. And then you have, you know, uh, then you have people, you know, either getting underemployed, um, unemployed, and the and they start spending less in the economy, which inherently slows the economy down uh which then brings the inflation number down and usually what happens is it overshoots and the fed will overshoot too it they they never stop exactly the pendulum never stops it stops exactly at like the fulcrum point or the uh or the apex it always swings you know further one way or the other and the same will happen here and what will happen is there will be a you know a slowdown it'll go too far and then people with cash on the sidelines We'll go, okay, well, hey, this is a really great entrance to, you know, buying stocks or I can, uh, you know, hire some people for really cheap right now because they're willing to just work at a lower price because they don't have a job. And then it'll restart the process of expansion again. But we are in a contraction right now. I don't know that we've troughed yet, but we are in the contraction. So... I'm reading from Wall Street Journal just kind of because you're doing a really good job of explaining this. But I mean, the, the recession word is the word that I don't even. Uh, Let's use the traditional definition because we don't know what the other one is. Okay. The higher <laughs> the Fed raises rates, the greater the risk that it will go too far. Yeah. 100% what I just said. Yeah. Tipping the economy into a recession. But Powell repeatedly emphasized the need to bring inflation down now to avoid an even worse recession later, which means sort of I agree of, with that. He said no one knows whether this process will lead to a recession or, if so, how significant that recession will be. Your yep. hurricane analogy comes to mind. We certainly Perfect. haven't given up the idea that we can have a relatively modest increase in unemployment. Nonetheless, we need to complete this task. Yes. So the unemployment average right now is below average and fed the fed has two tools that they are mandated to use but our government like whenever jay powell testifies which it just drives me crazy i don't even watch him anymore um when he testifies to the senate and to our to the house to the to our congress they always ask him the dumbest questions because they they don't understand what's going on or if they do i don't understand why they're asking the questions because they want him to do things that he doesn't have the power um, or the authority to accomplish. The only thing that his mandate say is, are you saying that some people in Congress are stupid? I mean, is that what, are you, are you honestly going to sit here and tell me 
with a straight face, and I can see your face. Are you going to tell me that you these are people that are elected officials. These are public servants, Martin. There, there's nobody in Washington that's a complete imbecile. Uh, they're either dumb or they're playing games. One of the two. I'm, I'm just shocked. It's going to take me a minute to get over this. I know. I know. Just take take a deep breath, and I just laid some cold hard truth on you. You did. It hurts. Uh, but his two mandates are uh, price stability and full employment. Now, price stability means oh, inflation. Um, what's up? I was saying hi to AOC. She was walking by. Oh, <laughs> what's up, AOC? She must have heard idiotic. She did. She it. thought she heard Green New Deal. She thought she was called in. I said Greenback talking about the dollars, and she thought I said Green New Deal. She did. Um, but so price stability. You're gonna is... wreck the economy. There you go. That'll do yep. It. That'll do it. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Well, I mean, that's what we're doing right now with a little bitty wrecking ball. So Fed officials, Fed officials, Martin, are projecting the unemployment rate rising to 4.4% next year from 3.7% in August. It was 3.5% in July. Yeah, and average is 45 to 5%. So we're below average employment. We're not even at we're, – we're at over, quote, unquote, full employment. Full employment is considered to be 45 5%. Okay. So that's when he's saying, hey, I can, I can give a little bit more pain in the labor markets so that – so that unemployment rises to four and a half or five percent to get to our mandate, and and which so if he's bringing interest rates up, that's going to be bringing inflation down, and by bringing interest rates up, he's also going to be creating a little bit more unemployment. So he would be bringing that three and a half percent unemployment number up to four and a half five, is actually doing his job. Now, I wish. And I know that, you know, I, I respect Jay Powell a lot. He's had a impossible job. Um, I, I just wish that maybe earlier this year, instead of doing the little, you know, I'm going to do a half a percent, I'm going to do three quarters of a percent back to back, that he would have just ripped the Band-Aid off and said, hey, you know what, for one of these in hike incre rate increases, we're going to go just do one and a half, two percent right out the gate and just hit the shock into the economy versus kind of slowly get to the same number he was going to be at, but it took, you know, four months or five months. Just rip the bandaid off. Yeah. That's, I mean, look, I'm of the, I, that's always been my philosophy. If I know pain's coming, just bring it to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to give have it to me in one dose. I don't want, I don't want to spread it out over a long period of time. I don't want to have to dread it. Just let me deal with it. Right. If I got to cut the arm off, I'm going to cut the arm off. Now, this is bad news for the mortgage market, for the house the housing market. Mortgage rates gone up. 30-year fixed mortgage rate, Martin, up to 6.25% last week from 6.01 the week before. This is according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Yeah. And can we, can, we, since, can we pause on that for just a second? Because yeah, I just real, want to talk about it. Real quick. It's the highest since October of 2008. I think we can all remember yes. what happened then. Yes. And uh, applications for loans to purchase homes were, were down 30% from the same week last year. Sure. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, a five to six percent mortgage, if we're talking about averages over people's lifetime, is is not is just somewhat normal. What wasn't normal was the two and a half, the three, the three and a half, the four percent mortgages. Unless you're buying points, that's not normal. We have just kind of we're returning to normal, but we have been in abnormal for so long. We have a full generation that thinks that two and a half or 3% mortgages is what's supposed to happen on a regular basis. I mean, you're, you and I are close, pretty close to the same age. I mean, you've got a few years on me, but prior to 2008, I mean, your mortgages were 5%, 5.5%, 6%. And they were coming down from what they were in the eighties, you know, at 15, 16, 17, that was not normal either. It just swung too far. And then the Fed really started intervening in 2008 and kept rates low for such a long time. Instead of letting things just kind of return to normal, we manipulated, you know, the rates for a long period of time to where people expected that. And that's not normal. That's not, that's not realistic. Kind of, you know, a, a mortgage rate in the five, five and a half percent, I would say is you know, that's, if you've got a great credit score, that's a, that's a normal rate. You know, if you got an average credit score, you're probably paying six and a quarter, something like that. I mean, dude, my first house was, you know, six and three quarters, 7% in 2006. It's no 2004. I'm sorry. It's going to lead to people. Uh, it's going to change the, I mean, it's going to change the housing market for sure. Well, and we still have a shortage of, houses in the market yeah. look so can we i'm going to play devil's advocate here or either show the silver lining of it uh if you're a landlord this is great news 
for you, right? Because how so? It, it, I mean, if people are saying, "Well, I'm I'm just going to hold out and wait until interest rates come down again. I'm just going to keep renting because the cost of renting is, you know, and the cost of purchasing is now uh, kind of, you know, ceteris paribus or at equilibrium, uh, or maybe even less expensive to rent right now." than to, you know, to buy a home. So if you're a landlord or you have investments in real estate, that's a good investment right now because you can raise rents. Yeah, that's true. Yep. I mean, and there's a silver lining. Well, let's talk about the other silver lining of, of raising interest rate or rising interest rates. Uh, so since 2009-ish, uh, U.S. Treasuries, which are the most liquid, safe, you know, investment in the world, uh, backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, it is our our U.S. debt. They issue three month, six month, one year, two year bonds, and uh, so your holding period is very, very short. Right? If you buy a six month bond, oh, can we play a little guessing game? Yeah, sure. So just, and there's, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to do this to, it's not a gotcha, but how much, if I, if I said, Hey, Neil, give me your money for six months. I'm going to give it back to you. All of your money back plus interest. What would you say would be a reasonable amount of interest that you would accept for a six month holding period? So not a very long period, shorter than a CD. Um, And this is cash that, you know, you don't necessarily need access to. Uh, five to 6%. Well, no, you killed my, you killed my, you killed my animal there, man. Well, so it used to be zero is what you would get. Okay. Literally zero, zero, but now you can get 4% for six months. Now it's annualized. So you're going to get, you know, if you renew it, in six months, that's where you get your full 4%. But dude, for since 2009, it's been zero. Like your savings accounts at the bank or your checking account. Remember where they used to talk about, oh, you know, you can get high yield money on your on your checking account and you've been getting zero for forever, right? Yeah, I, I, I never did that, but yes. And now, because this is just like cash, man. I mean, now you can actually earn interest on, you know, your short-term money that you need for, you know, to pay taxes. If you, you know, if you're, if you're sticking your money aside every month and you got to pay uncle Sam, you know, in April, you used to just get zero interest on your money, but now you can get 4%. So let me, let me, let me ask this along those lines. In some ways, now look, some people who are older than me and older than you, who are retiring like soon, this is, this is potentially devastating, right? Cause they could, they're really losing some retirement earnings, but for someone like me, who's man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. You know, I'm, 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 I'm healthy so far. I got a clean bill of health recently with my physical and other stuff. And I mean, I got every reason to think that I still got a little time left to be productive. Shouldn't I kind of look at this and go, you know what? I hate that people are hurting, but the stock market's going to continue to go down. Yep. Which means that I can authorize the people that are, you know, buying for me and looking out for me to purchase some of these stocks now while they're down. Correct. 
and then I can enjoy the ride. Correct. Because they're going to go back up. It just Correct. Might, it might take a couple of years. Yeah, it might take a year. But I can get, I can get bargains. I'm going to put this in baseball terms, right? Yep. A uh, star player gets hurt, and his value falls apart. My franchise can buy him much cheaper and will ride out the injury. And then I get the two years after that at a price that I wouldn't have been able to afford. And I get the benefit of, of his services on my team that I wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. Correct. I mean, I know that, that's not exactly right, but. So right now the no, market, I mean, but it's it's, it's hurt. it is exactly right though. You can you can buy the market hurt. You can ride the injury. Yep. And, and then, rehab it. And then rehab it. And then when he's ready to go throw or hit or whatever again, hey, he's yeah. on my, he's on my team. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Now, you picked now, him up on the cheap. And now I'm putting him out in center field or whatever, and and I'm selling tickets and I'm selling jerseys and more people are coming to the games and I'm making money on on buying low. Yeah. Well, or if you want to put it in. You know, retail terms, um, you know, there's a TV that you saw at Best Buy and it's a new, I don't know, I'm just going to make stuff up, you know, a 85 inch or 75 inch TV that costs $1,600. And I may be totally off on my numbers because I haven't bought a TV in forever. Okay. Uh, And you just kind of hang out and all of a sudden you're kind of, you know, things are slowing down and you're walking through, I don't know, um, overstock.com or, uh, you know, your local bargain store, you know, uh, I don't know, Ollie's or a stock dot bid. Sure. That, and you see the same TV on sale for 600 bucks, same exact model, everything. Yeah. The TV is not worth any less than it was a year ago when it was, you know, brand new and shiny and, you know, and priced at 1600 bucks. The deal was, is there was a little bit of hurt and pain. And uh, the price got lowered, and you just picked it up on the cheap. Still works. Still does the exact same thing. It's the you same. Know, so, would you rather pay six hundred bucks? Yeah, it has the same toys and and bells Everything. and whistles that that you loved a, a year ago. Yeah, it's the same TV, exact same. But all you did was you picked it up on a, at a fire sale price instead of at full price, and that's all the market is doing right now. Is no one knows exactly how deep the recession is going to be, and markets are irrational. So it's going to go worst case scenario first, just like when, you know, when everybody's high, the market goes too far in the, you know, in the upward direction because everyone thinks, oh, this is going to last forever. And, and it doesn't, uh, it's the same principles and the market will overshoot and that's our buying principle. So when market gets down 25%, no matter what we buy more stock, when it's down 30, we buy again, when it's down 35%, we're pulling money out of bonds and out of our hedges and we're buying stock. If it gets down 40, we might be going to max level of stock in the portfolio because we're buying it at dirt cheap prices at that point. And we're not close to that, but that's what we did in COVID and it worked. And that's what we did in 08 and it worked. Here's a couple of paragraphs. This is, I'm going to give credit where this is due. This is a column, meaning an opinion piece for those who don't know journalism terms. Uh, an editorial, if you will, from James McIntosh. I have no idea anything about James, okay? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's crazy conservative, crazy liberal, or or or, or a libertarian. I have no idea. This is an interesting couple of paragraphs. 
He says, there is definitely some of this recession prep going on, but the strong link between forward price to earnings ratios and real rates as captured by the yield on 10-year treasury inflation protected securities shows that still most of the decline in stocks this year wasn't about the threat to earnings, merely the mechanical effect of the Fed. That's backed up by the biggest losers being the most extreme growth stocks, which in principle ought to be less affected by recession than sellers of less innovative products. There hasn't been a lot of recession preparation in the bond markets either. The most reliable bond market predictor of downturns is the three-month Treasury bill yield rising above the 10-year yield, which has yet to happen. A bit of worry was visible in the bond market on Wednesday, with the 10-year yield dropping even as the two-year yield rose, implying investors expect rates expect higher rates to slow the economy enough to allow lower rates on average over the decade, but such moves have been rare this year. It's also hard to price a recession when there's so much money sloshing around and the jobs market is so strong. Pandemic-era savings are being used up but are still high. There are almost two job vacancies for every job seeker. Despite the drumbeat of big companies cutting back staff, last week initial jobless claims hit their lowest level since 1969 when not adjusted for seasonality. Those paid hourly who switched jobs got a medium median pay raise of 8.4% annualized in the three months to August, according to the Atlanta Fed, the highest rate since its data started in 1997 and higher than the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. In last paragraph, in normal times, this would be great news. Strong consumers mean a stronger economy, higher profits even after paying bigger wages and good times on Wall Street. But when the Fed is deliberately trying to weaken the job market and limit wage rises, signs of strength in the economy just mean even more Fed action is needed to crush it. Correct. This dude clearly is a mind on my money listener. He, I mean, I mean, it's exactly what we've been saying for six months, Neil. In fact, I'm going to have to put out a cease and desist on Mr. McIntosh. Right. Hey, you gave us no credit, Mr. McIntosh. I mean, come on, man. All right. Here's, here are his last two <laughs> graphs. Here are his last two graphs. All right. He's actually really, he's a good writer too. Yeah. Uh, my view, this is James McIntosh. My view is that the markets are doing what they always do, hoping against hope that there's no recession or at least a very mild one right up yep. to the last minute. I was hoping for such a benign outcome earlier this year, but it now seems unlikely. Historically, it has occasionally worked out as in the 1990 recession when earnings barely dropped and the S&P bottomed out with a 19.9% fall or the 1994 soft landing when stocks fell less than 10%. Usually it doesn't work out, however, and the drop in valuations is merely the first step, as recession eviscerates earnings expectations and leads to another leg down in share prices. I'll be a buyer when a recession like this starts to be priced in, which was sort of my point a minute ago. Right. Well, and if we go back to our hurricane example, at down 20 We've got a category three priced in. And so GDP revision just happened. Um, and they, they revised down one and a half percent on GDP. So the old technical definition of recession, which I still use was two consecutive quarters of, you know, negative GDP growth, which we had, 
you know, and, and it's revised down one and a half percent. So if growth is down one and a half percent, and I'm not asking you to, you know, to, to go back to your days of economics or statistics, but if I just told you, Hey, Neil, you know, it was a tough year this year, your business didn't, your business actually shrunk and it shrunk by one and a half percent. What, what would be your reaction to that in a time like this? Would Uh, you say, damn, man, I thought it was going to be worse. Would you be like, Oh my God. No, I'd say one and a half percent. The world's ending. I'd say it could have been much worse. We'll rebound. Yeah, and I mean, and that's I'm, that's I'm, I'm why gonna, I keep. Frankly, Martin, and not to interrupt you. No, but you're frankly good. right now. The more I listen to you, and the more I read my friends like James here, the more I'm like, hey, <laughs> and this is selfish. I get it, but hey, whatever. I'm gonna win. You are gonna win that's if you stay I'm the course. I, well, I'm staying yeah. the course. I mean, yeah. I'm in. I mean, I'm like, hey. So all I got to do. All I got to do is just don't be stupid. Navigate these choppy waters for a minute. Yep. And on the other side, it's it's really nice and yeah. it's sunshine and flat water and 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 the water's perfect and and there's mermaids and everything. I mean, yeah. it, it's all good. I, I, yeah. The more I hear this, the more I think, hey, it's going to be all right. So, dude, if we would have gotten a GDP revision for first half for twenty two, and they'd have been like, we all right, we revised GDP. Uh, and for first half of the year, we're actually down seven and a half percent. I'd be like, oh shit. We uh if first half was down seven and a half, then second half is probably gonna be down, you know, another another seven or eight. And we're gonna be down fifteen for the year. That's a that's meaningful. That's a that's a category three, category four hurricane. Like we're we're in for a whole world of hurt. And that's a very extreme number. But if we're down one and a half, I mean, that's, that is very shallow and you're right. All you got to do is don't do anything stupid. Just hang on and stay the course. Now we always talk some politics in this and here we are. It's, we talked a little today. It's September the 22nd. We're closing in on, on that first weekend, first Tuesday in November. There you go. When Biden does interviews on 60 minutes, like he did last time, and he tries to act like, hey, the economy's awesome right now. That's foolish on his part, right? Because it's not, we're not, we're not in a boom time right now. I mean, there there is there is some reason, there is some cause for concern. Grocery bills are up. People, yeah. I mean, there are there are people who are hurting out there. Did when Biden downplays that, is how disingenuous is that? Or is or is he right? I think he's kind of right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna part from, you know, quote unquote party lines. Um where he's wrong is that inflation is inflicting a bunch of pain on, you know, on, uh, on his, on his constituents, like the folks that are going to generally vote for Biden inflation is really eating their lunch. So they probably feel more pain than, um, you know, a lot of Republican voters would feel. Uh, and you know, so that might be, it might be considered disingenuous from his, from his party. Um, but you know, I don't think the economy's in in bad shape at all. I think you know we are we are definitely in a slowdown. Um, I I don't think I think it's going to be really shallow, uh, and I think we'll accelerate out of it. And it may take you know next year, the end of next year, for us to accelerate out. Um, but you know, also November could have pretty big implications on whether that happens a little faster or a little slower. I think where he's missed his mark is um you know the talking about you know, how inflation has impacted 
the middle class, uh, the middle class families. Cause it's, you know, when you have groceries going up by, you know, 10% year over year, uh, that's, that can be pretty devastating to, you know, to a family budget or, you know, and I realized that gas prices have abated, you know, a pretty good bit because in Jackson, it's 285 a gallon. I mean, it wasn't very many months ago when it was 450, you know, a gallon in Jackson. So it has abated a pretty good bit, but you know, when you had high gas price and that's, you know, another thing, fuel prices, when fuel prices go up quickly, other people's prices rise, your food costs rise, everything else rises, but fuel prices have come down pretty significantly. And, you know, grocery stores haven't said, you know what, Hey, our fuel costs are, are going down. So we're going to pass this along. And it used to really piss me off. Like I have my water delivered at my house. It really used to piss me off when Kentwood would charge me a fuel surcharge. I was like, dude, you should bake that into your price. And now I'm like, you know what? I changed my mind. I really appreciate when, when someone does a fuel surcharge and they keep their price the same. And then when the, cause now I'm, I'm not getting those fuel surcharges on my Kentwood bill anymore. So they're being honest with me about, you know, about the, the cost. but they would, if they would have raised their price of their water, you know, a dollar or $2 for a five gallon jug, I doubt they would have brought that back down when fuel costs to start fuel costs started to abate because the grocery stores are not. Here's a story for you as we start to wrap up. Boom. Along those lines, lower milk production. Let's see who wrote this. I like to give credit to journalists because Jesse, this is Jesse Newman. I what's up, he, Jesse? What's up, Jess? Well, is, is Jesse could be a female too. That's cool. What's up, Jess? I'd say it to either one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Whatever. We'll call him Jay. All right. Lower milk production on U.S. dairy farms and labor shortages for processing plants have weighed on butter output for months, leaving the amount of butter in U.S. cold storage facilities at the end of July the lowest since 2017, according to the Agriculture Department. Tight supplies have sent butter prices soaring at U.S. supermarkets, surpassing most other foods in the past year. U.S. grocery prices in August rose 13.5% during the past 12 months the largest annual increase since 1979. Butter, though, butter butter, rose 24.6% over the same period. The forces at work in butter highlight the challenge of curtailing inflation, economic pressures fueling high prices for livestock feed, labor shortages, and other factors could persist, keeping prices for the kitchen staple elevated longer term. On average, butter prices hit 477 per unit in the next in the four week period ending August 27th, the highest level since at least 2017, according to Nielsen. While consumers pay up for butter, some U.S. producers are working to squeeze out more sticks ahead of the busy holiday baking season. See, I didn't even thought about that. Thanksgiving is going to get more expensive. Biden will just say, "Well, just don't have a turkey." Yeah, don't don't invite your family. COVID. Don't. COVID. I was wrong when I said that that the pandemic has ended. Ended. Did you see Fauci COVID push is, back on that? Fauci was like, "It is not over." Don't uh, you yeah, say that. I, I don't think Biden was supposed to say that. No, I, I think that was a total slip. I think that, I think he got in trouble. He, he did get in trouble. I will tell you what. He did not get ice cream that he day. He didn't. He didn't. He did. He when when they when hey. his nurse put him to bed, she did not give him ice cream. And we, the taxpayers, saved some money on that because right now dairy is expensive. 
It all <laughs> comes together. Oh man, dude. Uh, well, well played, man. That's a, you put that together very well. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, stuff- we saved that hundred dollar ice cream sandwich. Grocery prices, the change from a year earlier. Would you like to, you want to play? I'll finish it. I'll see how close you can get. Uh-oh. How much more expensive are eggs today than they were this time a year ago? This is all according to the U.S. Labor Department. Before anybody accuses me of being Sean Hannity or something. Okay. U.S. Labor Department. That's the source. Eggs have gone up how much? 14.2%. Not even close. 39.8%. Chicken has gone up how much? 42.3%. Man, you are not doing the shopping at your house. It's Chicken has gone up 16.6%. Dang it. I had them backwards, man. Uh, what about ice cream? Oh, ice dude. Cream. I, uh, 32.7%. No, 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 no. Just 14%. <laughs> what about milk? Uh, I don't know. At my Kroger, it doesn't seem like the milk ever actually changes price. So I'm going to go zero. It's up 17%. Roasted coffee. Uh, now, my coffee has gone up. Okay. I'm going to go 26%. Close. You, got, you did better there. 18.7%. Okay. Uh, actually, Keep hitting me with it. And here's what's interesting. Beef and veal only up 2.5%. Pork, 6.8%. Fresh vegetables, 7.6%. Fresh fruits, 8.3%. Fish and seafood, 8.7%. Cookies up 14.3%. What would, you guess, what would you guess about bread? The cost of bread is up what percent, Martin? Uh, 282 16.2. Are you a breakfast cereal person? Do you eat cereal? Uh, so I, I used to eat a ton of kids cereal, but then when I started, uh, my little thing in May, at the end of May, I've, I've only been doing egg whites and chicken and tortilla. By the way, I meant to tell you, you've lost weight. Thank you, sir. I have. I can, I can, I can tell, uh, there in I'm, uh, I'm down 21, 21 pounds, sir. And that's all body fat. I'm flatlined on muscle mass, but, uh, 21 pounds of body fat. I still have. I still have 35 pounds of body fat, apparently, that I can shed. I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. Good for you. Thank uh, you. Breakfast. Which would put me at, they would put me at 220. Yeah? What, and, what's, your, uh, what's your goal? Well, I said kind of, you know, he asked me, you know, what was my ideal weight? And I was like, I don't know. When I was, when I raced Ironman, I was probably the fittest, you know, that I've ever been. And, uh, and I was, I was right at 230 when I raced, when I raced Ironman. You know, and I had more muscle. Uh, you know, and less fat, but, uh, you know, and, and, and it's funny cause like Reed will tell me, he's like, dude, when I was 250, which I'm 250 right now, he's like, dude, I just don't believe that you're 250 cause you just hide it really well. And I don't know what that means, but, uh, but I guess, I mean, I'm six foot. So what are you, trying, what are you trying to get to? Just two thirty. Two thirty. So you got 20 yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got 20 to go. I yeah. mean, if I get down to two twenty, that'll be, that'll be, uh, that'll be cool. Yeah. You'll not just keep working at it. Yeah. I'm not in a rush. I right, finish for any case one anybody wonders because we didn't All right. answer it. Breakfast cereal is up sixteen point four percent. Uh I'm gonna say breakfast cereal is up sixteen point four percent. That is correct. You excellent. It. Great right. job, Martin. We'll finish on an on a bullseye from you. Um it's fun. Always <laughs> always good to talk to you. Uh I mean, do I get what's the what's the prize behind door two? Uh the prize behind door two, I will send you a uh 
half full <laughs> tube of Carmex. <laughs> Excellent. How go. about that little? Is that Michael Jordan in your in your uh, behind you? The no, 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 it's not Michael Jordan. Who, who's the Who's the bald? Who's the bald karate dude? Oh, that's your... uh, that's Joe Boo. I'll take Joe Boo. You can send him. Probably can't send him to you. I'll take an MPW digital hat then. All right, I can make that happen. Make that happen. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up there. Martin, thanks so much for the time. Uh, tell the people real quick how they can get in touch with you guys at Pinnacle. Absolutely. Uh, man, you can catch us on the phone, 601-957-0323. Uh, email at info at mypinnwealth.com. Or if you see me out in public like some of our listeners have recently, uh, you know, you can, uh, you, can, you can holler at me. I'll talk back to you. And you. Neil does not change the way my voice sounds. So you'll know it's me. Look at you becoming a star. I love <laughs> it. All right. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Great weekend. Thanks for making us a part of that week. We look forward to talking to you next week on Mind on Your Money, presented by Pinnacle. For Martin, I'm Neil. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.